Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius helps you compare your options from top companies, and their team of licensed experts is on hand to help you talk through it. Talk to a team of award winning agents who will walk you through the process step by step. Easily compare quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. Your work life insurance policy may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. Even worse, it may not come with you if you leave your job. Policy Genius gives you unbiased advice from a licensed expert support team. They have no incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Today is October 6th, 2022, and our first story, the rising oil prices spell apocalypse for Democrats in the midterms, and it's their own fault. They supported this war, and now OPEC has sided with Russia. They will cut production, gas prices will go up, and this means people are going to get angry, and they're going to vote Republican come November. In our next story, the U.S. Department of Health just spent $290 million on radiation sickness medicine. Perhaps they think Putin will initiate a nuclear war. And in our last story, man, the Elon Musk Twitter lawsuit is in chaos. Apparently, banks are backing out and there's no guarantee the deal's even going to happen. The court case is moving forward, but Twitter's weird purge of users is highly suspicious. If you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Putin's apocalyptic endgame in Ukraine. Annexation and mobilization make nuclear war more likely. The end is near, my friends, and we will all go down in a blaze of nuclear hellfire when Vladimir Putin smashes the button. Maybe that's your fear. Maybe it's not. Maybe you are very concerned about this, or maybe you're only somewhat concerned because you don't really think that's what's going to happen, but it could be. And maybe you've tried talking to your friends and your family and saying, guys, please listen to me. What's happening in Ukraine is bad. We all agree. But the escalation on NATO's part will potentially lead to a nuclear annihilation. And maybe your friends and family have responded with, oh, no, it won't. Who cares? I'm not interested. And they fan you off. Well, my friends, You're in luck. I have for you a rhetorical device. It is switching the theme of the crisis from nuclear annihilation to your gas prices are going to go up. It's happening now. The Saudis, OPEC plus are backing Russia, and that means it is going to be worse for you here in the United States. So now to all of your friends and family, when they say don't know, don't care and don't think nuclear war is going to happen, you can say, have you noticed gas prices going up? And they'll go, well, well, yeah, that I've noticed. 
And have you ever wondered why that is? Well, I assume it's because of Russia's war. You're technically correct. And it's also because OPEC has sided with Russia. We lost that one. Now, of course, the U.S. is responding. They're saying if you don't ramp up production, we are going to pull the security forces for your oil network and pumping and all of that stuff, your infrastructure. And that means bad news for you. The U.S. has been supplying Saudis with weapons and helping them in a lot of international conflicts, some really disgusting ones, because the Saudis then pump out massive amounts of oil, which lowers the cost for everybody. But now OPEC, siding with Russia, says they're going to cut supply, allowing Russia to keep selling at a premium rate to India and China and then reselling it back to us and to Europe so they can finance their war. That's the reality of war. And you know what? Maybe then they still might say, yeah, okay, that's bad. It affects me. Okay, now I'm concerned. But you know what? It's for Ukraine. Okay, well, then I'll tell you this. There's only one way out. If gas prices go up, everything else is going to become more expensive. And then Democrats lose. This is the reporting we're getting now from a bunch of different analysts and outlets saying that because of the rising gas prices, Democrats are starting to freak out. And this is going to seriously harm their chances. Have you noticed that the, ri- the, the escalation of oil prices somewhat coincided, perhaps maybe spuriously, but they did coincide with Republicans gaining in the polls. Then when gas prices started to go down, Democrats started to return in the polls. It's the economy, stupid. When gas prices go up, Democrats lose. Why? Well, they're, they're in charge right now. Joe Biden is the leader of, of the United States. So they say. I think, you know, what I mean by that is the dude's clearly not all with it, but at least he's in that position. Democrats are in Congress and the Senate. Anything bad that happens is going to be under their watch. And especially with this Ukraine war stuff, Biden's signing off on all this funding. How about you provide funding to, I don't know, like Flint's water pipes or Florida hurricane relief? How about you stop draining the strategic petroleum reserve? This is the warning sign, my friends. Joe Biden is depleting the Strategic Petroleum Reserve right now, desperately trying to keep prices down. He's being mocked by oil industry executives and and, uh, senior individuals because now he's got to come crawling back. But Joe Biden is using our SPR, Strategic Petroleum Reserve, I got it, in an effort to save himself politically because of his deplorable and failing ideas. So, If nuclear war doesn't move the needle for people, you can always go back with, yeah, but you're paying more in gas. And if that doesn't move the needle, you can say, well, fine, the war is the reason Democrats will lose. Maybe then they'll be like, no, no, we don't want to lose. Donald Trump, Republicans, MAGA, they're going to win. But let's take a look at this story. The New York Times in rebuke to the West, OPEC and Russia aim to raise oil prices with a big supply cut. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member in order to support our work as a member. You'll get access to exclusive uncensored shows from TimCast IRL Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. Typically spicy, last night's was wild with Jason Burmis. You may remember him from Loose Change uh, Notoriety. And we talked about a whole lot of crazy things. It was really, really fun. And you'll also get access to the Cast Castle vlog, comedic uh, entertainment, as well as tales from the inverted world, true crime, horror, mysteries, the paranormal. And you'll be supporting our journalists. But also, don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel right now, and be the notification. Many people have been saying, Tim, YouTube's not notifying me anymore when your videos go live. 
right before a midterm election when I'm pointing out that failed Democrat policies are resulting in rising gas prices. Who does that benefit? Certainly not Republicans. Now, I'm not a big fan of the Republican Party as a whole, but I am a big fan of pointing out the Democrats are doing a bad job and that will have an impact on the midterms. So when we hear over and over again that people have been unsubbed from the channel or that YouTube's not notifying them anymore, sounds fishy, doesn't it? There's a way around this. If you as a viewer take the URL to this video and post it anywhere you can, then you become the notification. No amount of censorship can stop a grassroots effort. They can try, but the ideas will persist. Here's the story from the New York Times. They report Saudi Arabia and Russia acting as leaders of the OPEC plus energy cartel agreed on Wednesday to their first large production cut in more than two years in a bid to raise prices, countering efforts by the U.S. and Europe to choke off the enormous revenue that Moscow reaps from the sale of crude. President Biden and European leaders have urged more oil production to ease gasoline prices and punish Moscow for its aggression in Ukraine. Vladimir, ooh, they say V. Putin, they've given his middle initial. Vladimir V. Putin, the Russian president, has been accused, isn't his name like Vladimir Volodymyr or something? Has been accused of using energy as a weapon against countries opposing its invasion of Ukraine. And the optics of the decision could not be missed. The White House was not happy. Quote, the president is disappointed by the short-sighted decision by OPEC plus to cut production quotas while the global economy is dealing with the continued negative impact of Putin's invasion of Ukraine. Brian Deese, the director of the National Economic Council, and Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor, said in a statement, the cut of two million barrels a day represents about a two percent, about two percent of global oil production, reducing output. OPEC plus was also seeking to make a statement to energy markets about the group's cohesion during the Ukraine war and its willingness to act quickly to defend prices, analysts say. There's an old saying, my friends, money talks and bullish walks. And OPEC looked right into the eyes of Joe Biden, shook his hand and said, F you. You don't have it. Remember when Anthony Blinken was sitting down with uh, the Chinese uh, government official and he said, the United States is not negotiating from a position of power. This is what it's like to have no leverage. Joe Biden can go to OPEC and be like, side with us. And they can say, why? You don't got the bills. I mean, you know, I'm sorry. You don't got the skills to pay the bills. There you go. But actually, you know, you don't got the bills either. The, the hundos, you don't got the money. You can't do it. OPEC looks at Russia and says, we'd rather keep selling. Because we just want the money. Your stupid ideological war, whatever garbage game you're playing, doesn't interest us. And now we get to suffer because Biden is a moron. Because the Democrats failed leadership. At a news conference after the meeting, the Saudi energy minister, Prince Abdulaziz bin Salman, said OPEC plus was acting amid signs of a downturn in the world economy that might cause demand for oil to weaken and prices to fall. We would, be, we, we would rather be preemptive than be sorry. The move appeared to, be, to have the desired result. The price of Brent crude, the international benchmark, which had slumped during the summer, rose more than 1.5% after the meeting, extending the gains recorded in recent days and bringing prices back to levels last seen in mid-September. The average price of gasoline in the U.S. recently began to rise again, tracking the price of oil. In response to the OPEC Plus announcement, Biden administration officials said the president would order the Energy Department to release 10 million additional barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve in November. Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, 
You can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. PolicyGenius helps you compare your options from top companies, and their team of licensed experts is on hand to help you talk through it. Talk to a team of award-winning agents who will walk you through the process step-by-step. Easily compare quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. Your work-life insurance policy may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. Even worse, it may not come with you if you leave your job. Policy Genius gives you unbiased advice from a licensed expert support team. They have no incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Earlier this week, the administration said it has no plans to extend a six-month effort to release one million barrels a day, which was scheduled to finish at the end of this month. Hours before the OPEC Plus meeting, the European Union pushed ahead with an ambitious plan promoted by the Biden administration to cap the price of Russian oil in coordination with Group of Seven Nations and others. It's pointless, if you ask me, because India and China don't care. They don't care. They're going to work backroom deals with Russia. Russia is going to sell to them at a discount rate, but then they're going to sell to Europe at a premium. And that will provide funding to Russia to carry on their war. And Europe will be strained further where inflation will skyrocket. And they are losing this one. Now, I don't mean the war in Ukraine. By all measures, by all measures of Western media, Ukraine is winning. But I think Putin's going to unleash nuclear hellfire if it comes down to him potentially losing. In the end, Europe is being battered. Their economy being ripped apart because of this. They say the European Union cap is intended to set the price of Russian oil lower than where it is today, but still above the cost of producing it. The U.S. Treasury Treasury Department estimates that the program could deprive the Kremlin of tens of billions of dollars annually. But some analysts say the cap would make the logistics of the oil trade more difficult, driving prices higher, and it relies on the participation of non-EU nations that are still buying Russian oil. Imagine this. Imagine Russia just says, "Okay, I'll tell you what, no oil for you. None will cut you off completely. Then what? I do think it's funny that European nations are like, we're at war with Russia, but we'll keep buying oil from them that they're going to and they're going to use like Russia is giving oil to NATO that NATO is using to fight them. At a certain point, they're going to be like, no, not worth it. Keep it for ourselves. In China, one of the biggest consumers of Russian oil this year, the foreign ministry has criticized the concept warning last month that oil is too important to the global economy to be subject to the planned price controls. Oil is a global commodity. Ensuring global energy supply security is vitally important. Mao Ning, a foreign ministry spokeswoman, said on September 5th, and the European Union proposal aimed at pushing down prices would seem to compete against OPEC Plus's action to seek to raise prices. But there is uncertainty about how deep the cut in oil production will go. Because of a lack of investment, most members of the OPEC plus regularly fall short of their production quotas and will not need to trim the production much, if at all. Richard Bronze, the head of the geopolitics at Energy Aspects, a research firm, estimates that the annual cut, the actual cut will be about one million barrels today. Here's the ramifications. 
from USA Today. Why are gas prices going up? More pain at the pump as OPEC cuts oil production by 2 million barrels. Uh Uh-oh. Why are gas prices going up? Mm. It's because of Biden's war. Biden's war. Now, they want to blame Vladimir Putin for this. But let me make one thing clear. We do not need to be involved. You want to call it Putin's war? Fine. Call it Putin's war. But if NATO, if Biden, if these European leaders stayed out of it, there'd be no issue for us. So tell me, please, why are we engaged in a war in Ukraine with Russia? Okay, fine. Give me all the ideological reasons you want. Fine. As long as you acknowledge that is why gas prices are going up. If we did not get involved, Russia would keep selling oil. The U.S. would keep getting their oil. Uh, Saudi Arabia would be working with us. We wouldn't be worried about this. Instead, Russia moves on Ukraine for a variety of reasons, and NATO gets involved. Again, we, we the United States, we're not on the border of Ukraine. So for what reason are we involved? Talk to Joe Biden. Here we go. U.S. delivers angry rebuke of massive OPEC plus production cut, and it could backfire for Saudi Arabia. Oh, could it backfire for Saudi Arabia? It's possible. What they're now saying is that they're, well, let's, let's walk there. Let's walk there. Biden's searching for alternatives to help lower gas prices after OPEC cuts oil production. USA Today reports, quote, we are looking at alternatives. We haven't made up our minds yet. Well, they are dumping strategic petroleum reserves, Biden to deplete oil reserves in wake of OPEC production cut. This is unprecedented. The purpose of the strategic petroleum reserve is not to save the presidency of a failed, impaired president. But that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. And here's the real potential, the negative for Saudi Arabia. The Hill reports, House Democrats propose end to U.S. troop protection in Gulf after OPEC cut. Well, okay. War. That's the reality. All of these are breaking ties. All of these actions. I'll explain this one. OPEC OPEC plus siding with Russia leaves the US, at least several legislators, saying we're going to end troop protection in there. Saudi Arabia will then go to Russia or China and say, you want to fill the gap? It's that simple. They'll say, we're going to keep doing what we got to do to sell and make money. We don't care about your country. They'll say, you don't want to protect us? Russia will you. Russia is going to say, oh, you bet. And that's going to further divide this country. And it's going to be a heck of a World War III when the U.S. is severed from OPEC. When OPEC starts saying, we ain't giving you any oil. And Joe Biden cut our capability of producing energy at home. It almost feels like it's all intentional, doesn't it? Three House Democrats have introduced legislation to end U.S. troop protection in Saudi Arabia and the U.S. Arab Emirates in response to this to news that OPEC and its allies will slash oil production. Saudi Arabia and the UAE, which together comprise about 30 percent of global crude oil reserves, have some 5000 U.S. troops stationed there. In addition to removing those troops, the American missile defense systems from two countries, the, legis- uh, the legislation introduced by Rep. Sean Kasson, Tom Malinowski, and Susan Wilde would move all U.S. technology and defense systems elsewhere in the region. And then Vladimir Putin walks on in with a smile on his face, puts his military defense there, and the Saudis say, thank you kindly. Quote, 
This decision is a turning point in our relationship with our Gulf partners. If Saudi Arabia and the UAE hope to maintain a relationship with the United States that has been overwhelmingly beneficial to them, they must show a greater willingness to work with us, not against us, in advancing what is now our most urgent national security objective, the defeat of Russia's aggression in Ukraine. Whoa! And there it is, the admission, my friends. I want you all to hear that one more time. United States representatives said they must work with us in advancing our national security objective of defeating Russia in Ukraine. Is that enough for you? Amazing. Instead, by significantly boosting global oil prices, OPEC's decision appears designed to increase Russia's oil export revenues, enabling Putin to continue his war crimes in Ukraine and undercutting Western sanctions. That's right. We're involved. They know we're involved and they're lying to you about it. I don't think Vladimir Putin sees it any other way. He's not being duped by these lies. NBC News reports OPEC decision could raise gas prices at home as midterm election approaches. Cue the Jaws swimming theme. First read is your briefing from Meet the Press. Oh, we love Meet the Press. By Chuck Todd. So much for President Joe Biden's earlier visit to Saudi Arabia and even that fist bump with Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. On Wednesday, OPEC announced it was cutting back production. This we get. They issue some quotes. We get it. It's important to take stock of that context. Recession fears are sweeping the West and Democrats here at home fear that any last minute rise in prices before the midterms could spell trouble. And against that backdrop, Russia, which is part of OPEC, continues to stumble in its war with Ukraine, both militarily and diplomatically. So while the West blasts this new price hike, it's going to be received warmly in Moscow. It also benefits Republicans, especially since Dems stronger midterm fortunes have coincided with gas prices going down, as I stated early on. Here we go, baby. U.S. oil industry mocks Biden after OPEC announced production cuts. Energy groups say administration now has no choice but to come crawling back to domestic producers. Please, Joe Biden, come crawling back. Gas prices should go down. Inflation is already very high. Stop hiding behind this. Everyone can see things are getting bad. You need to own it and you need to do something about it. U.S. Oil and Gas Association says OPEC says no. SPR options are all but gone. The White House has one option left, and it is the one option they should have never turned away from in the first place. The U.S. based oil and gas industry. I got an idea. Why don't we invade Alaska? Oh, it's not an invasion because it's U.S. territory. Okay, why don't we deploy U.S. resources into Alaska because there's oil there and lots of it and other energy? Why not? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they'll have to. You guys ever play Fallout? I believe the story of Fallout 3. The, or I think Fallout, the, the entire series, it's, this, it's a video game for those that aren't familiar, I assume you are, about a post-nuclear apocalypse. And the story is that in 2077, there's a shortage of fuel and China invades Alaska in desperation to get whatever can, they can. And I think it was something to do with like, I don't know, I don't remember the whole story, but my, my point is there is an element the culture this country understands that Alaska is a vast, untapped resource. We don't need to be involved with the Saudis. 
We don't need war in the Middle East. We need to utilize what we already have. Alaska is massive. And we can get energy from there. Here we go from the American Petroleum Institute. Just a reminder, amid calls to increase domestic production, the Biden administration has leased fewer acres for oil and gas production on federal lands and waters than any other administration dating back to the end of World War II. Well, that's doing us. Uh, uh, that's good. That's, that's, that's fantastic. It's just it's doing us so well. CNBC. Economy inflation top of mind for midterm voters, giving GOP slight edge in new Monmouth poll. That's right, my friends. CNN's got it. Likely gas price hikes could hurt voters and Democrats chances in November. You heard it. A planned cut by production in the Middle East in defiance of the White House is likely to further spike gas prices. Ministers of OPEC said blah, blah, blah. The reaction in blah, blah, blah. They say high gas prices pummeled Americans in the early summer, culminating in a record average price of $5 and and one cent, 1.6 cents in mid-June. But prices have been falling for nearly 98 days in a row. However, it's going to change the game. They say a fall, a fall gas price crisis could reshape the environment of midterm elections that, are, that historically are punishing for first-term presidents. Democrats had dared to hope in recent weeks that a combination of anger over the Supreme Court overturning of Roe v. Wade and erratic GOP candidates elevated by President Trump, blah, 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 would help them win. But a renewed focus on inflation and gas prices combined with the tax on immigration and violent crime, could erase some of that democratic optimism. Could? It is. No question. Here's what we have right now. This is absolutely fascinating. Over the summer, gas prices were very high and Republicans had an edge. And then gas prices started coming down. Republicans lost their edge. Democrats, according to 538, now have a one-point generic ballot lead. I'll tell you. It's still apocalyptic for Democrats. Although the Democratic polling has shifted, it now favors them. We know the polling tends to favor Democrats. Historically, when Democrats have a five point lead, they lose substantially, which means if they're below five, it's going to be apocalyptic. But hey, over at Real Clear Politics, it's worse than that. RCP average. This is not a single poll. This is a dozen plus polls show Republicans with a 0.4% edge. That spells apocalypse. But we'll see. I cannot see the future, my friends. Democrats may very well pull this one out, and we might actually see Democrats win. My friends, we could be looking at Democrats could win in November substantially. I'm going to say that for you one more time. Despite all the polling and everything you've seen, you've seen we could be looking at a major victory for Democrats. Why, you say? Because the parties have changed. The Democrats are the party of the elite, and they're highly motivated by the insanity of Donald Trump. And I don't mean him personally. I mean the ideas around him and MAGA Republicans. That's what they've been pushing for. Hey, don't get, look, I think it's the economy, stupid. I think the economy plays a role. But if you are sitting back thinking that Republicans got this in the bag, you're going to be in for a rude awakening. I wouldn't be surprised if come November, we do see surprising Democrat victories. Considering what we saw in 2020, it's looking like Republicans will win, but we really don't know. The data suggests a Republican victory. The historical trends suggest a Republican victory, but you do not know how politics are playing out right now. 
Now, as much as gas prices are really, really bad for Democrats, let me give you the worst news. And here it is. Yahoo Finance says your utility bill could be the next $5 gas. Listen up, Democrats. This one's coming for you. Yahoo writes, drivers have stopped panicking now that gasoline prices have dropped from $5 per gallon in June to less than $4. But global energy markets are still turbulent. And the next pinch might come from winter gas prices for heat and electricity. Tight energy markets began pushing up the price of natural gas, America's largest source of electricity in 2021. Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the corresponding energy war in Europe have further boosted global gas prices, with Europe facing soaring costs and possible blackouts this winter. Price hikes in the U.S. aren't as severe, but U.S. natural gas is still trading about 65% higher than a year ago and 170% higher than two years ago. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. That means winter power and heating costs are likely to be considerably higher than last year, which itself was a budget breaker. You know, the other day I woke up and it was cold outside. Leaving the studio late at night, getting on my little electric motorcycle. And I was like, man, I need to bring a coat next time. It's cold outside. I turned the heat on because it dropped to the low 40s. Yeah, we're going to see those costs. Those bills are going to start coming in. And I mean, AC costs were probably high as it was with electricity. I was reading a news story about an aluminum plant that was shutting down because the cost of electricity was too high. It couldn't work anymore. Do you think regular people aren't seeing this? Regular people right now are watching She-Hulk or something. They don't know about what you're talking about and they don't care. What they do know is they went, got their energy bill and went, what? What's going on? You can only go so far with your psychotic, I blame the religious right for the cost of my energy going up. They're not in power. They're not passing these bills. And they're certainly not the ones declaring the wars. Yeah, that's the Democrats. And y'all voted for them. But y'all are too insane. You're too broken, you cultists. So realize you're doing this. Whatever, man. Maybe enough regular people did, however, realize this. And I'm not talking to you if you did. Many independent voters are realizing, you know what? I made a big mistake voting Democrat because look how bad it's gotten. Maybe it's time they wake up and say, we need something else. I don't like the Republican Party, man. I think they're just so awful. But there are some good Republicans. And at the very least, we need change. 
They want to demonize the MAGA Republicans because they're populists. That's it. What does that mean? It means they want the will of the people, not the will of the elites, the elitists. No. The will of the elitists is to keep you blind, deaf, and dumb, confused about what's going on and unable to explain, to understand, to speak it out. They want you blind, not seeing exactly what's happening. They want you deaf, not listening to the arguments people make saying why they're bad and they want you dumb. They don't want you on social media speaking your mind because they will lose power. I mean, dumb, quite literally, not speaking. So they take away your voice and they'll get their way. But so long as we keep speaking out, sharing information and calling out their their failures, so long as we do that, they will not succeed in their authoritarianism. Everything that they do, they try to project onto everyone else. And while there are people that I don't think do a good job, like Lindsey Graham, he's the worst. Kevin McCarthy. And you've got Mitch McConnell, of course, widely despised in polls by even Republicans to a great degree. There are still many good Republicans who are trying to bring down energy costs for you. They're trying to remove harsh regulations on your business. They're trying to lower the costs. There are certainly some Democrats that do that. The problem is Democrats tend not to follow the news. That's just reality. Polls. In a poll that I've talked about quite a bit over the past several years, Democrats just march in lockstep with corporate press. Republicans tend to get their media. Their media diet is actually from the left and the right. Moderates are the same way. I think most of the people who watch this show probably view themselves as moderates. We did a poll. Moderate libertarian types. Some Democrat types. So here's what I'm going to say. My message in all of this. Here's what you need to share with your friends and your family. If they don't care about nuclear war and foreign policy, remind them that your utility bill is going to be skyrocketing because of this. And that if we just minded our own business and stayed out of this war, you would be living better. And they may respond with, but the poor people of Ukraine. I agree. I agree. The poor people of Ukraine. Yeah, man. I don't like what's happening there. And then I would ask, what does that have to do with us? Nothing. Nothing. So why are we sending billions of dollars? Why are we upsetting the global energy market? Why are we putting ourselves at risk for Ukraine? They're not an EU member nation. They're not a NATO nation. They may be soon. But why? I don't have the answers. I don't. I mean, you've got people who just either want war, they want to sell weapons, they want to control. We have corrupt officials in our government. For what reason is the U.S. involved in this war without congressional approval that we didn't declare war on Russia? Why are we involved? And we are. You heard it from those House Democrats. That's our number one security priority, defeating Russia and Ukraine. What? Did we vote on this? For what reason are they destroying our economy? They've not justified it to us. And that's what it comes down to for me. In all of these wars and all of the foreign policy, they've never given us a legitimate justification. It's always just they hate us for our freedoms. (laughs) Garbage. That means nothing. They hate us for our freedoms. Weapons of mass destruction. Sorry. Also not true. Some people have pushed back and said there were some chemical weapons and stuff. Come on. They're talking about dirty bombs and nukes. They weren't involved in 9-11. And now here we go with Iran. You got these protests and riots happening in Iran. And I feel for these people. But I'm going to tell you this. 
I won't do it during Black Lives Matter, and I won't do it when it comes to Iran. If I don't know the details, I'm not going to come out in defense of anybody. Now, I don't like police brutality. I don't like innocent people being attacked by cops. But these Black Lives Matter rioters and Antifa just destroying things, I'm not going to support them. I see these videos out of Iran. I hear these stories. Tentatively, I think it's a bad thing, but I don't know enough about what's going on there. And I'm certainly not going to believe any Western CIA propaganda. Why? They're setting their sights on Iran again. It's what they've always done. John Bolton, Trump's biggest mistake, one of them at least. Bolton saying, by this time next year, we'll be celebrating in Tehran. You psychopath. Iran is not some desert backwoods country. It is a large mountainous country with missile defense systems. And as much as these psychopaths want war, it ain't going to happen. Conveniently, though, Iraq and Afghanistan happen to surround Iran. We know where it's going. Fall in line. I don't like what the U.S. does in terms of foreign policy, and I don't think Donald Trump liked it either, which is why they were so desperate to stop that man. Trump's far from perfect. But the problem of 100 years will not be solved overnight. This is why Democrats are desperate. They don't want him to win because they want war. I don't. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. You know, I'm here, right? I wake up just having some coffee, trying to go about my day, and uh, I open the news, my own website, And it says the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services purchases $290 million in nuclear emergency drugs. Uh Uh-huh. The United States has purchased $290 million in nuclear emergency drugs. It is a drug to help you with acute radiation sickness. I wonder why. Now, there's a couple reasons why this may be. It could be that nuclear annihilation is upon us. And at any moment, Vladimir Putin could slam his hand on the red button and fire a bunch of nukes in the air and just rain hellfire across the entire United States, for which we will need to ingest these drugs when we are dying of radiation sickness. That is after, of course, we have to deal with all of the vaporized bodies of the major cities. Now, I don't know if that's probable, but at least the U.S. is preparing for the worst, I guess. It could also be... There's no real big threat from nuclear war. I know a lot of people don't want to believe it's possible. They think it would be suicide for Putin. And maybe then it's just a good old U.S. dumping your tax dollars into big pharma because they found a reason to do it. You know, they would love to give guaranteed contracts to big pharmaceutical companies. And now they're going to be like, oh, nuclear war? Well, we got to buy the drugs now. Either way, I don't really trust what the government is doing, but... You know, sometimes they're telling you exactly what they're doing. So we had this uh, PSA from New- in New York City about how to survive a nuclear strike. And everybody said, why? Yo, at a certain point, maybe it's just they're showing you their cards. NATO fully intends to press this war to the point where Putin may fire Z missiles. Let me, let me reiterate that. What you may be seeing is not them trying to prepare you and saying Putin could be crazy. It's them being like, you realize we are going to destroy Russia and they will retaliate. Now, I don't know. I have no crystal ball. Well, actually, technically, there's a crystal ball in the house because Ian owns one, but it doesn't actually show you the future. So here's a story from TimCast.com. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services purchases $290 million in nuclear emergency drugs. 
2004's Project BioShield Act grants BARDA authority to appropriate funds for the purpose of N-plate. Well, okay then. If you haven't already, head over to TimCast.com, become a member, support our work, our journalists like Christopher Bertman, who are working around the clock to get these stories up and fact-checked for you, and uh, smash the like button. Here's the story. HHS is reportedly purchasing $290 million worth of N-plate which treats blood cell injuries that accompany acute radiation syndrome in adult and pediatric patients. N-plate is produced by Thousand Oaks, California-based company Amgen USA, Inc., with support from the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority, BARDA, which is part of HHS Administrations for Strategic Preparedness and Response, ASPR. The Project BioShield Act of 2004, designed to incentivize private industry to develop vital medical countermeasures by providing long-term funding in support of research and development, grants BARDA the authority to appropriate the funds. Where, what do you mean appropriate the funds? Whose money are you stealing? ARS, also known as radiation sickness, or is it acute radiation syndrome, occurs when a person's entire body is exposed to a high dose of penetrating radiation, reaching internal organs in a matter of seconds. Symptoms of ARS injuries include impaired blood clotting as a result of low platelet counts, which can lead to uncontrolled and life-threatening bleeding. To reduce radiation-induced bleeding, N-plate stimulates the body's production of platelets. The drug can be used to treat adults and children. N-plate is also approved for adult and pediatric patients with immune thrombocytopenia, a blood disorder resulting in low platelet counts. Repurposing drugs for acute radiation syndrome that also are approved for a commercial indication helps to sustain availability of the product and improves healthcare provider familiarity with the drug. Mm. The question, I suppose, is are we going to get nuked? Well, we'll see. HHS announcement comes after months of rising tensions in the Russian-Ukraine conflict with, Russia, with Russian President Vladimir Putin suggesting the possible use of nuclear weapons in an effort to secure a win against Ukraine. On Friday, the Russian president signed treaties to annex four Ukrainian regions occupied by Russian forces. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, we know this. I want to assuage your fears, my friends. Your government deeply, deeply cares about you. No, no, no. I know. Don't laugh. Your government does deeply care about you. I mean, not about your rights or your freedoms, your thoughts, your ideas, your families, your faith. No, they care about the labor you can provide them. And that's you know, care, I guess. I mean, look, I actually, I, I have chickens. You guys know I do. And I actually do care about them. I do not want harm to befall my chickens. I actually do care. Now, I don't think that uh, the government cares about you as much as any random person would care about their chickens. I mean, keep in mind, a person may care about their chickens. They'll still eat them. But, you know, they get those eggs every morning. That's the point. To be serious, the United States government does care about you insofar as your labor props up the economy and they can use that to develop weapons and strengthen their interests. It's kind of insane how this country, what this country has turned into, what any country really has turned into. It's one of the problems, I think, of massive population expansion. I really do think so. Not that I think that we have too many people. I mean, I may facetiously post on Twitter, there's too many people. The more people you have, the more specialties you have, and the more we can expand technology and maybe one day reach the stars. But there is a problem of governance when you have too many people, because what's happened now, you know, you go back way back in the day, you have the founding fathers being all like, yo, we should be in charge of ourselves. The crown doesn't care about us. 
And it was true. They didn't. The king, I think it was King George III, had so much going on that he really just didn't pay attention to the colonies. Insofar that the colonies kept filing petitions for a regis of grievances. And the king was like, I don't care. So finally, they were like, then we declare independence. And it wasn't just that they were like, we have a right to govern ourselves. It was like, yo, you're not listening or doing what we need to be done, what needs to be done. You're not governing. So here's the best part. They send this declaration of independence and the king sees it and he's like, what, what is this? I have no time for this. And he passes it off to somebody else. I, I was reading. I was like, I wonder what the king's response is to being told that the colonies were declaring independence. He didn't care. He's like, you deal with it. And then somebody else was like, yeah, maybe we should stop this because they're kind of revolting and we kind of, we kind of re- need the resources. And then you get a war. But he did not care. Right now, we have a government that doesn't actually care. They don't. They're an entity unto themselves, like a parasite leeching off of the labor of the American people. The founding fathers did not envision a country like that. When the founding fathers said we are going to make a new country, they actually cared. They deeply cared. I mean, they were arguing, they were fighting. They fought a bloody war so that we could be in charge of ourselves, a government for, of, and by the people. And their interests were aligned with making sure the country functioned properly. The founding fathers were not like, how many, how many morons can we convince to vote for us so that we can do whatever we want? But that's the government we have today. The will of the people has been entirely subverted. Let's just be serious. How many people actually want this war in Ukraine? How many people actually want to fund this insanity? I'm willing to bet it's like no one. Now, of course, you've got blue check Twitterati going out and being like, we should be sending billions more dollars. Lindsey Graham. Oh, I love this. He's like, we should be taking the tax credit for electric cars and sending it to Ukraine. What? No. Why? Yo, we should give more tax credits for electric cars. I think that's great. You know, you got the oil industry freaking out over Biden because uh, Biden's getting a, a spit on by Saudi Arabia, who's supporting Russia, and he, and he tanked. Look, Joe Biden comes in and he's like, we don't, we don't need energy in America, man. Come on. We're going to rely on the Saudis. And then the Saudis are like, oh, we're with Russia. And he's like, oh, come on, man. Now they're mocking him. The U.S. government, they care about you. They want you to have this important life-saving medication so long as you can lift boxes and mine quarries and do the labor they need to generate the revenue and also be the cannon fodder for their wars. I mean, think about it. If you're not having babies, who are they going to get to join the military to go be the cannon fodder to go fight these imperialist garbage wars like in Afghanistan, which they, which they then botch? Or how about sending people into Ukraine? Oh, yeah, let's play the game, baby. Here we go. We have this uh, from The Intercept from yesterday. The CIA thought Putin would quickly conquer Ukraine. Why did they get it so wrong? Yeah, I don't care about what the CIA thought. I care about this. Here's what The Intercept reports. Yet clandestine American operations inside Ukraine are now far more extensive than they were early in the war. Really? When U.S. intelligence officials were fearful that Russia would steamroll over the Ukrainian army. There was a much larger presence of both CIA and U.S. special operations personnel and resources in Ukraine than there were at the time of the Russian invasion in February. Several current and former intelligence officials told The Intercept. So, um, did we declare war? I, I can't remember. Did Congress formally declare war? When was the last time they did that? Was that World War II? Secret U.S. operations inside Ukraine are being conducted under a presidential covert action finding. Yeah, okay. We got boots on the ground in uh, Ukraine. 
We've got this. Here, here you go, baby. American veterans volunteer to fight in Ukraine. March 5th, 2022. Do you think Vladimir Putin is a stupid man? He may be irrational. He may be angry. He may be smart. I don't know. I think he's probably a smart guy. I, I, I would say you'd be dumb to think he wasn't a smart guy. I mean, somebody who's risen to that level of power and prominence, he's got something working for him. Do you think he looks at these stories and he's like, yeah, but, you know, U.S. hasn't formally declared war, so I'm not really at war with the United States. Do you think he's sitting there saying, like, I know that the U.S. has special operations inside Ukraine, that United States citizens are fighting in Ukraine, that the U.S. is providing weapons to Ukraine, and these veterans that volunteered to be there are being armed by the United States, (laughs) but they're not at war with me, so I can't retaliate. It's just remarkable. The analogy I used the other day is like, Imagine there's a dude throwing rocks at you and you're like, hey, hey, stop throwing rocks at me. And then someone standing behind him, handing him rocks. And then you go, well, I'm not mad at the guy throwing the rocks at me. We're not really fighting. He's just giving rocks to the other guy. No, you'd be like, dude, stop giving that guy rocks. He's throwing them at me. Dude, like in what world are, are, are people led to believe that we are not at war with Russia? I suppose it's all some ridiculous technicality. Can we sue? You know, maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe we need to file like a major class action lawsuit, take it to the Supreme Court and say, standing, we're American citizens. Our tax dollars are funding this. They're putting money in this. I have standing. I want there to be a legal action. Tell me, courts, that this is not a war the United States is engaged in. I think the federal government will just spit on you and say they can do whatever they want because this country is corrupt. It's unfortunate. It's a great country. I think it's one of the best, if not the best on the planet. But you see what's happening. It's been happening for a long time. It's been happening slowly over the past hundred years. It is not a problem that we can just snap our fingers and change overnight. But man, is it bad. You need to convince the American people to support your war. Congress did not vote to declare war on Russia. And you mean to tell me you're going to argue this is not an act of war? Fine. Right now, I mean, come on, you'd have to be an insane judge or a corrupt one to not be like, this is war. So you mean to tell me American citizens are on the ground in Ukraine fighting. They are armed by the United States government. They are trained by the United States government. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. The U.S. has actual intelligence and special operations officially on the ground in Ukraine. 
They're providing Apache helicopters and other weapons to NATO allies surrounding the conflict and providing them directly to the Ukrainians. Oh, is that five? Six, the U.S. is providing intelligence being utilized by the Ukrainians. I'll do air quotes for that. By the Ukrainians. And they used that to sink the flagship of the Russian Black Sea Fleet. You mean to tell me we're not at war? You know, they're playing this dirty game so they don't have to formally declare. Can we sue or something? Like, what's our regis of grievances to stop this? Do I got to do Can I call, I'll call a lawyer and be like, hey, can I sue the government to stop the war? Maybe I'll have to do that. Maybe, maybe, you know, I got to be honest. I think I could probably get tens of millions of signatures or, or people to sign on to some kind of class action lawsuit or something like that. I don't know. I don't know how you stop something like this. But I'll tell you this. I'll tack on all of that number eight. The U.S. is now buying up drugs for radiation sickness. Okay, let's say this. Maybe they're not for us. Maybe they do not believe Vladimir Putin is going to nuke the United States. Maybe they're for Ukraine. Ukraine's been prepping, distributing potassium iodide and getting ready evacuation centers in the event that Russia nukes Kiev. Or I think, yes, Russia nukes Kiev. I think that's their target. I think it's possible. I don't know if it's true, but I'll tell you this. If I was at a casino, and there was a bunch of stuff on a roulette board. And it was like Russia retreats, U.S. retreats, war ends. And then there was one, Vladimir Putin nukes Ukraine. I put my money on it. I, I mean, you know, look, I bet on a roulette wheel, it's like a one in 37 chance your number is going to come up and you win 35 times. Those double zeros, they get you. The zero and double zero. But um, double zero, get out of here with that. I always, but anyway. It doesn't mean I think I'm going to win. Sometimes I do. Number 26. That's my number. And uh, we've, had, we've got great stories where we're like leaving the casino. We've got like 50 bucks left. And then we're just like, I don't know, whatever. Let's just drop it on 26. And then we win. It's happened twice. And it's like, you know, twice out of what? Like 50 times, which is it's pretty good. Betting on 26. But we lose. Sometimes you lose money. It's not, I'm not saying that I think Ukraine will be nuked. I'm saying that I think it's worthy of putting your chips on. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm not trying to make light of it. I think Vladimir Putin is going is, is to get boxed in. The U.S. support for Ukraine, the U.S. war with Russia right now, I'm just going to call it that, the U.S. war with Russia is intense. And Russia's getting beat down. And Russia's going to be like, I'm going to call your bluff. I want to see, this is what Putin's going to do. Putin's going to say, I want to see the United States justify a nuclear strike on Russia the war is in Ukraine right now. Russia is fighting in the Eastern Front. For what reason would the U.S. have to nuke Russia proper? None. That's what Vladimir Putin's going to say. He's going to say, I can strike Kiev and the U.S. will not be able to justify a nuclear strike on Moscow or any comparable Russian city. It would mean full scale conventional war. NATO would flood in. But is, I just don't look. Vladimir Putin is already, he's, he already believes he's at war with NATO. What is the difference? If he has to, he will. A nuclear strike on Kiev would be devastating. And it would just rock the Ukrainian fighting force to their core. However, it could potentially allow more direct U.S. military operations in Ukraine not that I think it matters. Everybody is kind of just like they're, they're holding back a little bit. The U.S. is already on the ground in Ukraine. So I think it's only a matter of time. 
that we see something like this. In which case, these drugs that they're buying up for radiation sickness, yeah, maybe it's so that they can send to Ukraine. Maybe it's because they think Russia is going to strike Ukraine. They're not going to retaliate with nuclear weapons. They're going to give out these drugs to Ukrainians. I don't know exactly how this plays out. I don't think anybody does. But I think you would be insane not to think that Putin could and would do this. Now, as for striking the United States, yeah, we're ways off from that. But that could be another another reality here. Which city do you want to be in? And I was talking about this a few days ago. I think if Putin were to file a fire and nuke at the United States, first and foremost, I don't think we need to be worried about ICBMs, maybe a MIRV. A MIRV is a multiple independently targeted reentry vehicle. It's an ICBM that fires up into the stratosphere and then breaks apart and like 10 to 12 warheads pepper down the eastern seaboard. Okay, but I think we've probably got deterrence. You take a look at the Iron Dome in Israel. They can actually fire up missiles to intercept other missiles. You have THAAD. Well, I can't remember what THAAD stands for, and that's in South Korea. Well, I think it's, it, it may be in South Korea. I know, I know that a lot of South Koreans are pissed about it. And that's to stop North Korean missiles coming in. You think the U.S. doesn't have the capability of taking out ICBMs in, in the air? They probably do. But the question, well, I'll throw it to Dr. Manhattan. It's a question of even if they can stop 99.99% of the 50 or 25,000 nukes coming from Russia or however many they have, if one gets through, one, and it's a, a, a MIRV dropping all these warheads, it's going to cause untold devastation. Man, it'd be crazy to see. I mean, uh, just the devastation from one ICBM. No, we don't have to worry about those, I don't think. We probably have to worry about, say, Poseidon. Rumor mill, the Poseidon torpedo, a nuclear autonomous torpedo, can, uh, can blast, uh, has a blast yield up to, up, up to 100 megatons. If that were to happen, somebody posted this the other day on IRL and Super Chat. If it detonated off, the, off of Annapolis, it would flood everything. D.C. would be wiped out. Baltimore, everything would be, would be hit by a radioactive tsunami. A radioactive tsunami. Now, some reports say the blast yield is only two megatons. Still, that's uh, really big. Wasn't uh, Hiroshima Nagasaki like 15 kilotons? Like really, really small? Is it 15? I think it was 15 kilotons. Like really, I mean, it's, it was, it's big, but compared to what we got now, that's what I think we have to worry about. And the Bel- Belgorod is the Russian nuclear sub. It's been deployed. So they think it's doing testing operations in the Arctic. But you think we know what's going on? The stuff we're talking about right now, yo, we are the chickens. That's the point I was making in the beginning. They care about you like a chicken or a goat. Like you provide milk or eggs for them, but they're going to eat you. Do you think the chickens have any idea what's going on outside that chicken coop? They don't. Their world is so small. And I can sit here and tell you all of this stuff. But you think they're going to let us really know what's happening? For all we know, Russia's already fired a nuke. We don't know. And it was intercepted and destroyed. We wouldn't know. Media lies. And governments, they got weapons you don't even know about. For all we know, a whole bunch of these refinery explosions, industrial distru- uh, 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 catastrophes were cyber attacks for all we know. And perhaps we never will. I guess I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Were you getting your hopes up about Elon Musk buying Twitter? 
within a few days controlling it and bringing back Donald Trump? Well, then, boy, do I have news for you. Elon Musk still wants to back out a $44 billion Twitter deal using bank loophole as his deposition today gets delayed while lawyers thrash out terms. Okay, okay. Maybe it will still happen. And we do have a bunch of news around what's happening with Twitter. In this story from the Daily Mail, Elon Musk apparently did try to reduce the price and they said no. It's one of the questions I had. Elon Musk abruptly comes out and says, okay, I'm going to buy Twitter at the full price that we're going to end litigation. And this was speculated to be because he was embarrassed with a deposition coming up. It was going to get even more embarrassing. And depositions are, are what? They're fairly pointless. I mean, you can get asked questions, just be like, can't recall, don't know. Mm, I don't know. Can't remember. And so what can you really do? But it can still be embarrassing, especially if some of this footage gets released or some of the statements get released. So maybe that's why Elon wanted to back down. Don't know for sure. But we do know that Elon was trying to get the price reduced. Now we're learning that many of the banks that were supposed to be backing Elon Musk are trying to back out as well. So let me walk you through the cluster of what a lawsuit this is. Twitter is suing Elon, potentially threatening interest, damages. Elon says, fine, I'll buy. But maybe Elon's trying to back down because he knows the banks won't really finance it anyway, so it's not going to happen. Then Twitter is going to demand that Elon find the money somewhere, maybe liquidating Tesla stock or something like that. And then the court may force Elon to sue the banks. And oh boy. Well, here we go. From the Daily Mail, Elon Musk's deposition was delayed on Thursday as he and Twitter executives continue to negotiate the terms of his $44 billion takeover. Both sides agreed to delay Musk's deposition scheduled for Thursday in Texas as they continue to iron out a deal that would halt a non-jury trial in Delaware on October 17th, according to the Wall Street Journal. Among the many issues they are said to be discussing is whether the Tesla CEO will try to make the deal contingent on his original $12.5 billion debt financing package as banks try to weasel their way way out of the agreement. So we're all excited. Because Elon Musk taking over the platform could mean a return to uh, a return of all the accounts that were banned for hate speech or political reasons. Of course, however, Elon can say whatever he wants. If he can't get the debt financing, he ain't buying anything. The banks could argue that Musk's antics in delaying the agreement have sufficiently damaged Twitter enough to qualify as a material adverse effect, letting them walk away. The New York Times reports and Musk could even foil his own deal by refusing to sign a letter certifying Twitter is solvent. This is all just one big, stupid mess. What's the point? Though the judge in the case is likely to force the billionaire to sue the banks for the agreed upon money under the New York law that governs them. How do you force someone to sue a bank? They could just lose. Our lawyer wasn't good enough. Sorry. Twitter executives, on the other hand, are trying to make sure Musk won't back out of his agreement again seeking reaffirmation on these specifics in the previously agreed to contract. They're also considering options like court supervision of the closing process and requesting that Musk pay interest to make up for the delays. Without an agreement, neither side has requested a delay in the trial, and it is still scheduled for later this month, about 11 days. The parties have not filed a stipulation to stay this action, nor has any party moved for a stay. I therefore continue to press press on toward our trial set Trial set to begin on October 17th, 2022, wrote Chancellor Kathleen McCormick, 
the judge on Delaware's court chancery in a court filing on Wednesday. Uh, They post a bunch of pictures. Musk surprised investors on Monday when he suddenly announced he would abide by his April agreement to buy the company at $54.20 a share if Twitter dropped its litigation against him. Hey, here's one big reason. It's expensive and Twitter is going to request that he pay the legal fees. So perhaps this is him saying, fine, I'll buy it. No legal fees. You drop it, you absorb that, I buy it. But the proposal included a condition the deal closing was contingent on the necessary debt financing. And there it is. It is likely that an agreement between the two parties would remove that condition. A Reuters source source, source familiar with the negotiations previously said, after Apollo Global Management and Sixth Street backed out of the agreement to help fund the buyout. The two firms were not among the 18 equity investors named in a May SEC filing listing Musk's backers, but had previously been part of talks looking at providing about $1 billion in financing for the deal. Something fishy is going on. I'm just going to say, everybody sit back, put on your conspiracy theory hats, tinfoil, of course. Something doesn't make sense. On the surface, Elon Musk buying Twitter is a major investment opportunity, so much so that the stock has jumped up to about $51 on news that Elon would be buying it. We know that Elon coming in, private, turning, taking it private, because right now it's public, restoring accounts like Alex Jones and Donald Trump are going to reinvigorate the platform. And then when he takes it public again, everybody's going to make money. So why are people backing down? I think something happened behind the scenes that we aren't allowed to know about that made Elon Musk say, what? How about this? A national security letter, some kind of national security restrictions. Elon Musk, here's what it looks like. You get a president, a presidential candidate, and they get up on stage and they're like, ladies and gentlemen, you'll vote for me. I'm going to get these troops out of the Middle East. We're going to bring our boys, bring our men and women home and these forever wars. And then you're like, that sounds really good. I'll vote for you. And then the first thing they do, once they get in office, they go, okay, instead of bringing our troops back, we're going to blow up kids. Too many of them. And then you're just like, how does that happen? Speaking from experience, of course, that was Barack Obama. How does it happen? This guy says, we got to get our troops back. We got to bring them back. It's a mistake. Then he goes, no, I'm going to blow up kids, blow up kids instead. It's like, dude, how did you do this 180? Information. That's it. When you're not the president, you don't have access to certain things. You don't know. You sit down in the Oval Office, you say, "Okay, now I'm president. I'm going to get our troops up. And then they hand you a document and it says, here's why you're not. And then you go, huh? Now, in the case of people like Barack Obama and Donald Trump, you can clearly see what happens when you say no. Donald Trump said, no, thank you. They came to him. This is my assumption, by the way. I don't know for sure. My assumption is that with Barack Obama, he's like, vote for me. They give him the documents and then he goes, OK, and it probably had something to do with we'll come for your family or you can do this the easy way. Now, I think with someone like Obama and, uh, and you know, Clinton or whatever and Bush, they know what they're doing. They're in on the game. So when they come to them and say, here's the plan now, Mr. President, they go, eh, all right, whatever you say, the CIA the, the DOJ, the FBI, DHS, whatever, they come to you and they say, here's what's happening. And I think for someone like Obama, he just went, all right, you got it. Let's do it. Donald Trump, on the other hand, was like, no, excuse me. No, I don't know what that's about. The war is a mistake. I told the American people that I would be, we're not doing it. Sorry, this country needs some better leadership. They come to Donald Trump 
They give him the documents and he says, what is this? And they're like, Mr. President, this is why you're not pulling our troops out of Afghanistan. This is why you will be bolstering our forces in Syria. And he went, no, I don't see how this helps America. We're not doing it. And then they said, we will destroy you. Perhaps that happened even before the man became president. Now, let's take it back to Twitter. Why are these banks and everybody seemingly wanting to back out at a time when 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 retail investors are buying in? What do they know that we don't that? I don't know, the CIA, the DOJ, the FBI, all these alphabet agencies have national security letters. You know how that works? You got a company. You get a letter certified. It says you will comply for national security reasons or else. There was an email company, email provider. It was an encrypted email. Got a national security letter. And it said you will tell no one about this letter and you will do as you're told or else. So the, the founder said, nope, shut the company down and then published the letter. Man, bravo. And they said, you're harming national security. And he's like, I'm shutting it down. I am not going to. Basically, they wanted backdoor access. How much? Come on. You think the government doesn't have access to your private messages? They know. I'd be willing to bet. Not only do they know what's in your private DMs, I'm willing to bet they can see you typing your tweet in real time and then not even saving it. So you're typing a tweet where you're like, I just plain don't like pineapple on pizza. They can see that. And you're like, you know what? I'm not going to say that. You erase it. I bet they can see it. How much you want to bet? One of the biggest issues here is that Twitter, as much as we've got issues with them, has their hands tied because of national security interests. Elon Musk didn't realize it says, I'll buy it, whatever. And they're like, "Okay." Then he looks at the documents and he goes, wait, 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 what is that? And they're like, you can't talk about that. That one's off limits. And then Elon's like, uh... I better find a way out of this. Maybe. I don't know for sure. Elon says he wants to make his everything app, so we'll see. They go on to say, Musk has since said he would finance the deal with his own cash, co-investors, and bank financing as historic inflation, rising interest. I don't care about that. When investor banks fund a leveraged buyout, they usually try to offload the debt to outside investors like hedge funds. The banks then make money from the fees they charge to arrange these deals. And they sell the debt to reduce their risks in case borrowers cannot repay. But under the current economic situation, it is much more difficult for the banks to offload that debt. And doing so could lose them significant sums of money. It remains unclear what impact, if any, the withdrawal of Apollo and 6th Street might have on the structure of the deal. The $12.5 billion in debt financing from the banks is ironclad, according to the analyst Ives, who wrote that the banks are essentially cemented to this Twitter debt deal And we see no way out despite the very tough debt markets today. We continue to believe the deal gets done smoothly despite some late night poker moves from the Twitter camp and the Delaware court case around the corner, he wrote in a note on Wednesday night. I think national security may be a big issue as to why this is happening, because Musk as a electric car manufacturer doesn't deal with it in the same way. But I got to be honest, I don't know. I have to imagine. Let me tell you guys that there are some of the Tesla's. I don't know if all of them, maybe all of them, they have cameras pointed at you. As you are driving, there is a camera pointed at you in the car. And you want to be like, what's that for? Now, here's the thing. It's called the cabin cam. So I got a Tesla and it's got uh, cameras all over it. It's really cool, actually. You can be parked. You can pull up your app and you can look at the cameras wherever your car is. I actually think that's pretty awesome. The only thing is, you think the government has access to those cameras Uh, Yeah, they probably do. 
After everything we learned from Edward Snowden, now you got the cabin cam. I think it might be like the Model S. I'm not sure if the, I have a Model 3, but I don't know if the camera's in there. It might. I don't know if I've ever looked for it. And uh, the, the cabin cam, it's filming you. They say the reason for this is so that they can make sure you're keeping your eyes on the road. Really? That's what you're, come on. Now, I think it'd be cool if the camera, if the cabin cam worked to film you inside because there's a dash cam too. And so I guess if like you get into an accident, it's great to have a dash cam, a cabin cam and side cameras. So you know whose fault it is because I drive like a saint. I don't speed and uh, I don't hard brake, no hard turns. My safety score for my Tesla is so high that they reduced my insurance premium. That's amazing, isn't it? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm half kidding, by the way. It's like, I don't know. I drive normal, whatever. But I have to, I have to admit I would believe that when you get a Tesla, they know everything about what you're doing, where you're going, and there is nothing you can do about it. In fact, I bet all modern cars have that to a certain degree. I mean, they have GPS in them, right? There you go. I think I have like a Honda, and it's got all the modern displays, and it's got a map in it, a GPS. Of course, they know where you are and where you're going. They track all that stuff. I'd be willing to bet. So if that's the case... I don't know to what extent a national security letter would impact Elon or whatever. Maybe, maybe it's as simple as Elon's an eccentric weirdo, and that's why this is all happening. They're going to say, meanwhile, uh, actually, here's a quote. We, cannot, uh, we continue to believe the deal will, uh, gets done smoothly despite some late night poker moves from the Twitter camp with the Delaware court case around the corner, he wrote in a note on Wednesday night. Meanwhile, Musk had sought to devalue the price of Twitter before he renewed his original offer on Monday. The New York Times reports that Musk had privately had been privately pleading with Twitter to reduce the deal price by as much as 30 percent, valuing the company at 31 billion. But Twitter executives refused the proposal, as well as another to cut the price tag by 10 percent before Musk acquiesced. As of Thursday, shares of the social media giant were valued at 51.11 up nearly 20% over the past five days. Look at that major spike. Wow. In the court, on, I wonder, actually, I wonder if this is interesting. Would Elon be able to just buy up a bunch of the stock on the public market? Would that be considered insider trading? I don't know. That's interesting. If someone else did, started just uh, loading up, they'd probably assume insider trading. But if Elon knew he was going to buy the company, so he just bought a ton of the publicly available shares, is that insider trading? I don't know. In court on Wednesday, Judge McCormick said that neither Twitter nor Musk have asked the court to put the case on hold. She said in her ruling that Musk's side has failed to provide Twitter with copies of all their messages and messages he exchanged about the buyout deal and likely let some Slack messages be automatically deleted. If defendants deleted documents after they were under a duty to preserve, some remedy is appropriate, but the appropriate remedy is unclear to me at this stage. She added that she will reserve judgment on the matter until after the trial. Maybe that's why. Elon ultimately decided to just buy the platform. Hey, I'm happy about it. Let's get let's see it. Elon, put your money where your mouth is. Twitter's legal team and lawyers for Musk updated the judge on Tuesday with their uh, with their attempts to try to overcome mutual distrust and find a process for closing the deal. An attorney representing a proposed class action against Musk on behalf of Twitter shareholders wrote to McCormick to say Musk should be required to make a substantial deposit in case he again reneges on his commitment to close. Musk should also be liable for interest for delays in closing the deal, said the letter from attorney Michael Hanrahan. Musk said in July, he was walking away from the takeover agreement because he discovered Twitter had allegedly misled him about the number of fake accounts, among other claims. I think he's right. I think he's completely right, but I don't, I, I don't think he's going to win at this, at this point. You know, I thought he was, 
uh, initially, but based on how everything's going, just don't see that as the case. Part of Musk's case was based on allegations by Twitter whistleblower Peter Mudge Zetko that became public in August. Twitter's legal team had wanted to investigate if Quinn Emanuel's lawyer, Alex Spiro, who has led the case for Musk, communicated with the whistleblower as early as May. That's crazy. That could actually explain everything. Here's, here's a scenario. Why did Musk try to back down? Because Mudge contacted him. He's an old school hacker guy. He hits up Elon Musk and says, dude, they're not telling you everything. Take a look at this. And then Elon goes, dude, what? And so he says, I'm not buying. But now they got him. They tried amending their complaint to include the public claims from Mudge, but I don't know. They say Twitter lawyers were suspicious that Zatko sent anonymous May 6 email to Spiro. The sender claimed to be a former Twitter employee, offered information about the company and suggested communicating by alternate, alternate means. Spiro said in a filing with the court on Wednesday, he never read the email until Twitter brought it to his attention and said it appeared to be someone seeking a job. Spiro also said he was unaware of the existence of Satko's allegations before they became public on August 23rd. Who knows, man? I'll just tell you this. I'm rooting for Twitter. You get him, Twitter. Ha ha, Elon, you're going to lose. Why? Because I want Elon to own Twitter. I want to see Elon put his money where his mouth is. He likes to talk about free speech. He says he's a fan of the Babylon Bee. He says a lot of things. All right. Get the platform. Now, I understand he may not be happy about the price that I get. And maybe the price isn't fair. Sure. But he entered into this agreement all on his own. There may be problems. Okay, Elon, expose them. Get control of the company and start showing it all off. Isn't it amazing how right when the news breaks that Elon's going to be acquiring the platform, a bunch of people lose followers? It's almost like they started purging bots the moment they realized, hey, this is actually going to happen. Quick, quick, delete the bots. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Amazing. Why? Is it, uh, are, you, are you shredding documents and destroying evidence right before Elon Musk takes over? Elon should ask the judge about these changes. Why is it, Your Honor, that two times we have seen major user fluctuations around this time? Something doesn't make sense. Listen, people started getting their accounts back. There's testimony. You can get people to swear under oath. All of a sudden, they announces and Twitter unblocks people. What's happening? Maybe it's not nefarious, but they were withholding something. Now they're deleting accounts. You mean to tell me, I I think I lost like 7,000 followers when they announced this. 7,000 people just all randomly were like, Elon's buying Twitter. Quick, better unfollow Tim. No, lies. And the same thing goes for other left-wing personalities too, who also lost followers. Something doesn't make sense. But Elon presumably isn't going to be asking anybody about this, though he should, which makes me wonder why. And that's why I think maybe there's something related to national security. Could it be that the U.S. Cyber Command, the U.S. government, military force or whatever, forces, are utilizing social media in nefarious ways, perhaps to encourage people to support war with Ukraine. I wonder. Elon Musk pointed this out when he said we need peace. And then he gets flooded by votes saying, nah, no peace. Weird. Elon called it a bot attack. Could it be that these bots are run by the government? I will bring you back in time. There were some revelations made. 
about the U.S., I believe it was the Air Force. They were buying sock puppets. It's an old story. It's from like 10 years ago. Sock puppet accounts are, have you seen that image? It's like a woman sitting at, a, uh, she's sitting at like, there's this big panel with like 200 phones and she's sitting there posting and typing and stuff. That's bot farms. She's running what's called a sock puppet account. It's a fake person. Looks unique, but it's actually one person will run 50 accounts. Those accounts all pretend to be different people. They're sock puppet accounts. Perhaps Elon Musk is aware of this, but he can't do anything about it. National security letters. I think it's fair to say. I'm also willing to bet that the U.S. government has utilized Twitter in a whole bunch of military operations around the planet. I wonder uh, to what extent it plays a role in Iran. Now I know it's blocked there. I wonder why adversaries of the U.S. block platforms like Twitter. We don't block platforms like TikTok, owned by China, stealing our data. So I have to wonder. I think there's things happening behind the scenes that we aren't allowed to know about. And it could be that due to national security reasons, they're telling Musk, like, you will buy this. You will not upend this and you will not reveal it. And then the question is, can he even unban anyone? That's the question. Because if there are these national security letters, perhaps it is then revealed that the government mandated Trump be removed. Oh, I know he was the president, you say, but elements within the intelligence agencies go to Twitter and say, you will ban Donald Trump. And Twitter says, you got it, boss. Elon steps in and looks at it and goes, so I couldn't unban him if I wanted to without going to war with the intelligence agencies? Yep. And he goes, I am buying it. I'm not going to buy this. And they go, too bad. You bought in. The cursed belt is now yours and you will wear it. We'll see, my friends. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius helps you compare your options from top companies, and their team of licensed experts is on hand to help you talk through it. Talk to a team of award-winning agents who will walk you through the process step-by-step. Easily compare quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. Your work-life insurance policy may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. Even worse, it may not come with you if you leave your job. Policy Genius gives you unbiased advice from a licensed expert support team. They have no incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com.